and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will Grace podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And we're here for our finale of season one. It's the end of season one! Yay! Fireworks! Fireworks! Thanks for listening, everybody. We're uh, so glad you're here. We're glad that you're all here to listen to us in the final episode of the season mm-hmm. uh, called Object of My Rejection. It's, it's a heavy episode. It's so we're, a doozy. We're excited to get into it. So let's get started. Yay! Okay, we're going to read the DVD summary of the episode, Object of My Rejection. Will is stunned when Grace begins dating her ex-fiancé, but he decides not to interfere after being accused of being meddlesome. Huh. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so let's get some stuff out of the way. That is, like, barely a blip. Right. In this episode. This episode deals with a lot of much, much bigger things. And it also deals with Rosario. Yay! I love. So, Taz has been talking about Rosario, like, the whole time. Like, literally every time Karen's on the phone with her, I'm just like, I can't wait until Matthew meets Rosario. I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait. <laughs> and admittedly, she's fantastic. Yes. I'm so glad that she was introduced in this episode. And presumably is going to keep being a character for at least a couple more seasons. She's around for a very long time. Okay. So she's the maid, yes. who we've referenced a couple times, although we may not have referenced that that much on the show. I mean, I think we've referenced the fact that Karen likes to call her up and tell her to do things around the house. That's true. And she's always, like, in her, like, vaguely racist way of being like, Rosario, pick up the kids-o! We do get confirmed in this episode that, obviously, Rosario speaks English. Yes. Arguably as good as Karen. <laughs> oh, my God. I just, I love that moment where Karen is, like, being ridiculous and overly loud. Because have you ever noticed that people, when they don't think that, like, once they realize someone's, like, first language isn't the language they speak, they get really loud for some reason as if they are deaf? Sito in El Chero. Yes, and so then Rosario walks and she's like, I speak English. And it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But anyways, so the, the A plot of the episode is actually kind of a Jack and Karen plot. Yeah, that's kind of like the main plot of the episode. Will and Grace kind of fill in the blanks. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe the, the DVD box set clearly disagrees. I mean, probably the producers would disagree. But I think, based on the narrative thrust of the episode, I'll, you can make an argument for the A plot being... The Karen and Jack plot. I just feel like everything kind of happens in conjunction to that whole plot. Yeah. So let's describe the plot in case you haven't yeah, seen so it lately. Yeah, it's not in the DVD set, but the plot of this one is that Rosario needs to get married. Because, because she's not a citizen. Right, she's going to get deported. It's implied that she's maybe an undocumented immigrant. Ooh, that's true, because she needs a green card. Yes. Specifically. But anyways. But regardless of all that, she needs to get married for citizenship. They're not really getting into the nuances of Bill Clinton's immigration policy in 1999. But anyways... <laughs> Jack decides to marry Rosario. Or rather, Karen decides that Jack should marry Rosario after getting legal advice from Will. But Jack does get $1,000 and to go on the honeymoon with, I think he decided on Dave. I think it was, he was between Dave and someone else. And then he asks, and then he like leans over, he's like, Rosario, who are you going to bring? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Jack has been fairly compensated for this beautiful marriage. You know, it's super funny. It's well, a very gay marriage. One of my uncles tried to do that with a Russian lady and super got caught and like almost went to prison. Bummer, dude. But, like they didn't get married yet. So like they were just like, if you do this, you go to jail. And he's like, <laughs> we know that you're going to do the fake marriage. So don't do the fake marriage. And he was like, damn it. I've already had one finger cut off by a drug dealer. But that's wow, not important. Wow. Anyways, this episode is way more fun than having your fingers cut off by a drug dealer. It's way more fun because there's a very gay immigration green card wedding. Yay. It's so fun. Karen has this amazing, like, red dress. Oh, my God. It's a little bit one of those dresses where it's, like, a little, like, got, like, a mandarin collar, and it's maybe a touch 
cultural appropriation-y, but it's very 90s, because that was very in the 90s, yes. so I guess I will give her a pass on that one. I think Mulan was just out in theaters. I think that was like a thing. It was like yeah. Mulan happened, and everyone was like, Mandarin collars for everyone! And Jack looks cute in his little tux. Oh my god, I love the moment where he's like getting fitted for his tux, and he's like, I always pictured myself as a winter bride. <laughs> <laughs> and Rosario looks nice in her wedding dress, too, she- even though she's... So pissed to be wearing it. She's just like, this dress is too tight. And Karen's like, um, it fit you yesterday. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I love that scene where Karen is like, because they're fitting Jack for his tux. And they're t- she's talking to Will. And she's like, you two kids go get lunch. Take my credit card. And then Jack's like, ooh, it's it's two for one at like, I don't, like the boys club or something. Like, yes, boy bar, I think. Boy bar, yes. It was boy bar. And, and, and she's like, come on, Rosario. And she's like, okay, as long as I can get chicken wings. <laughs> ingredient for Jack and Karen because it's clearly not. Right. But it helps to have someone for both Karen and Jack to play off of who isn't each other. I kind of like it because Rosario is like an un like a non-traditional straight man. Where yes. she just like doesn't want to put up with any of their shit but she'll play along sort of. Right. Like she's sort of both the straight man and the non-straight man. Yes, yeah, sort of. I guess it's, that's the first It's really know. great. Because yeah. like her and Karen's relationship like is them just constantly devolving into these fights where they literally argue over each other and you can't get make out a single word that they're mm-hmm. saying and then they immediately stop and like Karen has an emotional moment every single time. Yeah. They're, like, they're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting. She's like, I can't believe my little girl's getting married. Right. And she and Jack also have kind of a weird fun dynamic. Yes, and then there's that moment at the end where Jack's like, oh, I don't know if I want to go back in there. Rosario's been doing tequila shots and she's getting a little handsy. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of a little, it is borderline marital with the two of them already. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. Like, it's funny. Like, it's a funny dynamic yes. to play with. Yes. Um, it's Frankly, it's probably the closest thing Jack's going to get to an on-screen relationship for a couple of years. Probably for a while, I believe. But it's, it's a fun, kind of a weird X factor. Yes, it's just, it's really... I mean, like, I know it's a green card marriage, and I know it's a, a gay man marrying a straight woman, and there's a lot of issues in there mm-hmm. that, like, need to be parsed and parceled out. But, like, also, like, it's just kind of funny, and it's a very sitcom trope, and uh, it reminded me a little bit, and I'm going to shout out to this book that I don't think anyone else ever read. It was called My Fake Wedding. Okay. And it was this British book, and it was all about this girl who, like, decided to give up on dating, and, like, the same year she decides to give up on dating, she, like, um... So her best friend is this guy, George, and he's a gay man, and he meets this beautiful Australian man who, like, has a temporary work visa to live in the UK, because the book takes place in the UK, because of course it does. Everything I love takes place in the UK. Right. And so, um, like, after this whole year where she's decided that she's going to live like a bloke and not date anymore, she decides to marry this guy so that her best friend can, like, because, you know... This is pre any sort of legalization of any sort of gay marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so she marries this guy, and like her, the guy that's like been her best friend, and they've been like totally dancing around each other for years, like confesses his feelings to like stop her from getting married. She's like, no, but like I'm still gonna do it. Like, right, it's not a like, marriage it's, of love. Right, it's not a marriage of love, and like I love these two people, and like I get to live in their swanky ass house in like South London for free. So, like, obviously, I'm going to still marry him. Like. Right. We can still date, but, like... She's like, yeah, we can still date, but, like, I only have to be married to him for, like, I think it's, like, two or three years. So she's like, you can't wait that long? Don't be a dick. Right. So, it, yeah, so it kind of reminded me of that, just, like, the, all the elements and the comedy and how funny it is, and mm-hmm. so I just thought it was, it was just really purely funny. Like, I just enjoyed every scene where anyone was interacting with them. Yeah. And I especially love Rosario, because she just, she's great. Yeah. And I love her. Yeah. I also love that we got everyone's full name. Yeah. 
That's true. Yes. Because we found out that Jack's real name is John. Which makes sense. Right. John Philip or something? Yes. It's John Philip McFarland. Okay. And then uh, Rosario, I wrote it down. Page turn. <laughs> Her name is Rosario Inez Yolanda Salazar. Chachi. Yes. Also, special shout out to my friend Elizabeth, whose birthday was this week, because her full name is actually Elizabeth Yolanda. Hmm. Well, there you go. Yay! Yay, Yolanda. Yay, Yolandas. They're cool. <laughs> All right. Do we want to talk about the Will and Grace part of the show? I'm not sure if I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this episode, for Will and Grace, like, we talked about the Jack and Karen and how it should be the A plot. Mm-hmm. Will and Grace kind of get the B plot here because, A, their plot happens between the Jack and Karen and Rosario stuff, and mm-hmm. B, it's just kind of not really well developed. Um it's- because as we mentioned, uh, Grace starts dating her ex-fiance, and Will's pissed about it, but he's yes. trying not to meddle in it. But like, sort of. That really it comes to a head a lot more quickly than you think. I mean, he finds out about it before the episode tag runs. Yes. And they already they've already fought about it by the yes. time the episode tag runs. So yes. you've got this episode where, you know, usually they build up a little bit more slowly. Someone finds out it's a secret. They fight later. Right. But this kind of gets that out of the way right away. Right. We have the classic Will and Grace fight. Right away. And I think that's smart. Because yes. by now we've been watching the show for a season, at least, you know, in theory. Yes. And we actually have been. So you have a shorthand for these characters. You yes. know that Grace is going to keep a secret from Will, or vice versa. And then they're going to find out and freak out. And then There's they're going to spin gonna, out. They're going to fight about it. Yes. And spin out. By having to spin out early, a, I think we get a lot more time to play with these characters. Yes. Although it's not super... It's not, well utilized. It's not done very well, but it does kind of give us a taste as to yeah. what happens if you put the fight at the beginning of the episode yes. versus like the middle and then the end is just like, ah, we're all fine. And it's sort of like a, a very subtle reference to the fact that we know these characters really well. We yes. don't have to spend time setting up this fight. We know these characters. Mm-hmm. We know what they're going to do. We know the backstory with Grace and her ex-fiance. Yes. All we need to know is that Grace is dating her ex-fiance. And Will isn't happy about it. Right. Because of course Will isn't happy about it. Because of course he's not. Because... Right. And he's gonna, and I feel like the episode does like it touches on like a lot of like core issues that Will and Grace have as a friendship, but ultimately comes to like a weird conclusion. Yeah, I mean, like here's like the like off the top of my head list of things that have happened in season one that this touches on. It touches on Grace breaking up with her fiance right before running away in the altar. Mm-hmm. It touches on the fact that they were super unsure about moving in together because mm-hmm. it gives them kind of a romantic feeling. Yeah, and, we, then, and they decided they were going to move in together to help each other get over their exes. Right. It does bring that up. Yes. We talk about how Will is, you know, still dealing with his breakup with his ex-boyfriend, mm-hmm. um, who he was with for a long-ass time. Yes. Um, it's still, I mean, it deals with the fact that uh, both Will and Grace make decisions for each other all the time mm-hmm. and expect, expect that as a matter of course. Yes. I mean, in a matter of, like, of all the fights that Will and Grace could have for the finale, it's, from a narrative perspective, a perfect one because mm-hmm. it touches on all of the major bits we've gotten throughout the show. Yes. And I mean, it also kind of, like, it's like a natural fight that you, like, expect them to eventually have. Yes. Because when, like, we watch them basically, like, pick at each other for a year, and, like, they're still really good friends, but they have this issue. And yeah. so, like, it makes sense that it would finally come to a head when they're having this fight where literally it's, like, Grace is mad at Will because he's trying to control her life, but then she makes a mistake and knows she's making a mistake, and that's the moment that Will chooses to butt out, and she's like, well, why aren't you telling me what I should be doing? Right. And, like, they both just, like, don't know how to deal with that. Right, and Will's like, because you told me not to. Yes, and they don't know how to deal with the fact that, like, while they want to be independent, they don't know how to be independent of each other yet. And so, like, the fight seems to kind of hint at this crux there, where, like, they know that they have this weird, vaguely codependent, sort of unhealthy sometimes relationship, Mm -hmm. and they don't know how to, like, work on that without completely, like, 
breaking it up, mm-hmm. basically. Like, this episode... I can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know, with my other friend. You have other friends? Yeah, Bessie. Don't talk about her. I don't like her. She's played by Molly Shannon. Ah, oh, God. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, I think that's a very real thing that you and I have dealt with, is yes. that we rely on each other, mm-hmm. and sometimes we don't want to, and then we make mistakes, and then we want the other person to help us, but we can't actually just ask for that. Because we've already made a big-ass deal out of, no, don't help me with this. Right, right. Sometimes it is a borderline sitcom relationship where we're like, no, no, no. We have to let this play out. Mm-hmm. And then you just kind of sit back being like watching the car crash happen. And then you're like, oh, I can't help it. And then you're like, no, break up with them. And they're like, how dare you? And then everything is shit for a few days. There is a very car crash feel to this episode. Because Will can see Grace like barreling at the fiance. And like yes. he's like, no, I, ha- I can't do it. And whereas mm-hmm. Grace is like, I can see that Will just wants to help. And I can just like tell him, A, to help. Or B, that I broke up with the fiance. Which, spoiler alert... Happens partway through the episode. But she doesn't tell him. Off camera, just like everything else with the fiancé. Which, sidebar, that's actually the thing I have the most problem with, is that all the fiancé stuff happens off camera. Yes, except for the one scene. Right, there's one scene where we meet him. Which is... Where he drops a bomb and then basically nopes out of the rest of the series. The season is mostly... Because he's not going to come back, right? I don't think so. It's really superfluous because they go to all the trouble of casting him as um, that dude from Quantico... Whose name is whatever. We don't know his name. He's probably a terrorist or something. He's the guy from Quantico who's probably the bad guy. We want we stopped watching Quantico at like episode 13. Because things got a little ridiculous. So we're gonna pick it up again next year. So, you know, when it comes back in a couple months, we can talk about it on the podcast if we want, I guess. Sorry, listeners. Whatever. But we're gonna jump in completely cold. Yep. Because that show is ridiculous. There's no point in watching the second half of that season, at least yep. according to our friend Ryan. Yep. So, anyways, it's the guy from Quantico. He's not a terrorist yet. Or maybe he is a Maybe that's maybe when he's they break not, up. Maybe he's not isn't a terrorist yet. Again, not watching. <laughs> We're not sure. But the episode brings him in. And I, I guess the only reason they bring him in is because of the thing he says at the end, which is that he's like, oh, well, obviously this relationship with Grace isn't going to work. And he says something like... Um, he literally says like... With oh, the, it's... Um, he says that it's... With dating Grace, it's always a threesome. Yes, he says whenever you date... Grace, you're not just dating Grace, you're dating Will and Grace. Right. And so it's always a threesome and not the fun kind. Yes, that's exactly how he puts that. And I guess, by necessity, that character needs to be someone who knows Will and knows Grace. Yes. So, like, it kind of makes sense to bring him in, but, like, I almost wish that they'd laid the groundwork for at least one more episode. Yeah. Like, at least when Grace sleeps with Will's brother, he gets two episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of wish that Danny had gotten at least half of an episode extra. Yeah. Because he basically shows up, dates Grace, we see him in one scene, it's awkward, and then he drops a bomb and leaves. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about that scene is that it doesn't look like either Will or Grace has ever been told that before. Yes. Which is weird because we've been told that a lot. Yeah. But what? only directly once. <laughs> and I wasn't there for that. Yeah. That was awkward. It would have been more awkward if you were there. You didn't want me to come with to break up with him? No. Oh. That would have been weird. I did bring you ice cream afterwards because yeah. I knew it was happening. Because in real life, I was the Grace in the situation. Mm. And I've been told that. So that sucks. Well, that's because he... Okay, so I want to talk about that a little bit. Do we have to do it on mic? No, no, no. Not about your ex-relationship. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to talk about the threesome comments. Yes, okay. Okay. That's, that's fair game. Let's move on. <laughs> no, I want to talk about like the idea that like when you're dating Will, you're when you're dating Will, you're dating Grace, or when you're dating Grace, you're dating Will and Grace. Right. Like, the idea that, like, they're always a threesome. I feel like, on the one hand, I can kind of understand why there would be some jealousy and some issues there. But on the other hand, like, maybe, are we crazy? Do other people not have best friends? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. I think, thought this off mic as well, I think we underestimate being Will and Grace. 
how much we are the outlier among people who have best friends. Maybe. I think most people don't have best friends that are Will and Grace best friends. To I whom, mean, like, you have formed a, a concrete friendship union that is as strong or stronger than a, mm-hmm. you know, a I, dating relationship. I just mean, like, I've just found that sometimes my relationships kind of fall in the words of Justin Bieber. All the times that you hated my friends, the problem was with you and not them. <laughs> I just mean, like, I feel like most of the time if I'm dating someone and they hate my friends, the issue is usually not that I have cool friends, it's that I'm <laughs> dating an asshole. Fair. And so, like, I feel like that's definitely true in this situation. Like, Danny is very clearly wrong for Grace, and she even realizes that. Right. But I feel like... But that comment still lingers with them. Yes, and I feel like that comment kind of haunts both of them through the rest of this episode, which leads to the decision at the end. Right. Because basically this... this idea that they are causing problems to each other romantically mm-hmm. that grace can't be independent because she's always part of, with with will and mm-hmm. will can't find love because he's always with grace yes which again as we've seen on the show is not a hundred percent borne out by the actual history of the characters mm-hmm. like there's nothing to indicate that either will or grace's relationships broke up because of the other one right like at least we have that like on paper that it's happened but like a brief relationship has mostly deteriorated because of the existence of the other person right but like like as far as we know that hasn't happened because like grace I like let's think back on the pilot like grace leaves her fiance but also like it's at will's guidance but not it's like will tells her that he doesn't think it's a good idea for them to be engaged but that's not why she leaves him is that she realizes that he's right Right. It's not anything really to do with Will so much as it is to do with her thinking about what he said to her and wondering about it and realizing that as she's at the altar, oh fuck, he's not wrong. Right. And I mean, you know, this doesn't get played with a lot in the show, but I think as we watch the relationship develop, the implication that I kind of take from the pilot and then the next couple episodes is that Will and Grace were not actually super, super close. I feel like they were close, but they got a lot closer once they moved in together. Like, it's sort of... It's definitely not the same level as Rachel showing up in her wedding dress at the beginning of Friends. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know how, like, at the beginning of the show, like, they are not... Like, at the, beginning of, at the beginning of Friends, Rachel and Monica are not actually friends. Yeah, they haven't seen each other since, like, high school or whatever. But then they become friends very quickly. I feel like Will and Grace kind of have a, a way muted version of that, where they're definitely best friends, but <laughs> they don't have the union that they have later in the show. Sorry, now I'm just thinking of Hamilton in my head. (laughs) But yeah, you're right. They totally aren't as together as they are in the show. And I feel like part of the thing is kind of like mirrored in the the pilot when they have that moment where they like, like she's in the wedding dress and he's in a nice suit and they like have that weird awkward kiss and it's funny. Mm -hmm. Like where they're sort of cementing that like, nope, we're going to be here for each other and be real for each other and be like close. Yeah, that is weird because this episode obviously also was a wedding. But this episode also ends up with the Will and Grace kiss, which is weird. weird. It's super weird. It's it's a borderline romantic sad kiss. And he initiates it, which is weirder. Yeah. Like literally, like she's like, I wanna get married, I wanna get kissed under one of these things. And he's just like, so Me too. He's yeah. like, Me too. So you wanna see how it feels to get kissed under the one of these things? And then he goes in and then they like have like a weirdly lingering kiss. And like, I'm sorry, I'm not a very kissy person, but if I'm ever gonna kiss one of my friends, and it's on the mouth, it's going to be for, like, a second. It's going to be, like, a mwah. Like, not, right. like, a lingering, looking into each other's eyes, sort of. Ah, it was weird. It, it was very weird. uncomfortable. And I think, it, I mean, it's meant to be uncomfortable, but not for the reasons that we are saying it's uncomfortable. I think it was just uncomfortable because, like, I feel like the episode almost frames it as, like, it's uncomfortable because you realize these two kids are just never going to make it. But that's not how I felt. I just felt like, bleh, why are you making out with your best friend? That's disgusting. Because yeah. that's... I mean, that's where the episode is kind of pointing. I mean, the after that kiss, literally the next words that come out of their mouths are like, so I guess we shouldn't live together anymore. 
Which yeah. is such a giant... Let's, let's back up. So, eventually the episode ends with them deciding to move out of each other's apartment. Yeah, like, literally they kiss, and Will says... Maybe Jack and Karen show up in between this, but... Well, okay, so they kiss, and Will says, I don't think we should live together anymore. And Grace says, <laughs> the kiss wasn't that bad, Will. And mm-hmm. she's like, I don't think we should live together either. And then Jack and Karen show up. Right. And they're all like, tequila shooters, That's handsy, right. la la la. Because it, it kind of... The episode is extremely ambiguous in a way I don't think it means to be, because... Mm-hmm. They have that moment where they're like, we don't think we should live together. And then the very next second, it's almost like, it's almost Shakespearean in its level of counterpoints. Mm-hmm. I know that's like a really lofty thing, but like Shakespeare does that all the time where like a character will do something and then a counterpoint will happen. Right. Um, literally the next thing that happens after like, we shouldn't stay together. This isn't working. Is that Jack comes in and is like, you guys are the only ones who have marriage figured yeah, out. Yeah, they literally say that. You're like, oh, he's like, oh, marriage is already so hard. You two are the only ones who have it figured out. And I... I don't think the episode means to leave us with that strong of a level of ambiguity, but, but no, it does. It gets, it gets worse, remember? Because then the end of the episode, the janitor comes in and he switches the lights off yes. and he's like, are you guys ready to move on? And they're yeah. like, yeah. And so, like, I feel like the episode is sort of dealing with something that, like, the characters maybe weren't so much dealing with. Mm-hmm. I feel like the episode is almost dealing with, like, perhaps some of, like, the weird grief that might be caused by the audience realizing that these two characters are never going to get together. Oh, that's interesting. Or, like, and I feel like, or there's maybe some grief in the characters realizing that while they are, like, basically soulmates and they're meant to be together, they're never going to be meant to be together in that, like, traditional soulmate way. And I'm sure that there's definitely some sadness that goes into realizing that that's not where the relationship is going. Yeah. But I ultimately don't know if that means that they need to not be roommates and not be as close. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like... They're just kind of viewing it incorrectly. Like, they're they're viewing the fact that they can't have, like, a romantic relationship and this friendship in the yeah. same way. And that makes me so sad. It makes, it breaks yeah. my heart because, like, I want to have faith that you can have that. Mm-hmm. Ah. And I think, I think it's, the episode is trying to say that Jack is not trying to create ambiguity there. Mm-hmm. I think the episode and the writing and the, the construction of it is trying to suggest that Jack is wrong. Yes. That Jack is being Jack and he's like, ha, 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 you guys have marriage figured out. And they don't. They don't have it figured out. They made the wrong choices. Right. But I think, uh, I don't think we have to take that reading at face value. Yeah. I think there is, and I think that's part of the reason that this show has so many mixed feelings about the Will and Grace relationship is Mm -hmm. because I think there is that ambiguity there. I think, and obviously like the show's going to go on for seven more seasons. Mm -hmm. Like obviously at some point in season two, Will and Grace are not going to be living separate. They're going to be together again. Right. Um, But I don't, and I think that, Having Jack say that is sort of maybe hedging their bets a little bit, but or at least unconsciously mm-hmm. is leaving that ambiguity in there. That right. maybe they do have it figured out. Right. Yeah, it was definitely a weird ending. And I, like, I don't really remember it being so weird. And I'm sure there was definitely some, like, we're not sure if we're getting picked up sort of anxiety mm-hmm. that was built into the show. So that if that was the last episode right. ever, it ended on, like, a possibly closure note. Yeah. Well, and you know what? Honestly, not having looked at season two's DVD set yet... I bet when this airs in syndication, it is always in an hour-long block, and it always has the next episode right after it. Maybe, and that could be, because, like, I haven't seen the next ep- the first episode of It's a great cliffhanger a from a narrative standpoint to yeah. leave the, ep- the, the season on. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, well, shit, we've been watching these people in this weird relationship all year. And, like, rooting for them. And so, like, it's a weird note to end on, right? Mm-hmm. We're like, you're not sure if you're supposed to be rooting for them to be together, or if you're rooting for them to, like, get, their, get a life. Yeah. I think, here's the reason why... Uh, I don't think that... Obviously, like, Will and Grace are making the wrong decision for a couple reasons, but here's the, the crux of the reason. Is that earlier in the episode, when they're, they realize that they're not just fighting about the fiancé anymore, mm-hmm. they kind of go back and forth about 
How did how did you put it earlier? How, why they're they were like they're going back and forth about like why are you trying to run my life? And they mm-hmm. and then he's like, no, I'm trying to butt out because you told me to butt out. She's like, yes. but how are you? How am I supposed to make a decision like this when you've butt out? What yeah. am I supposed to do if you're not there to tell me what to do? Yeah, and it's like like Grace kind of like says that the reason that she is relying on Will so much is because she doesn't trust herself. Mm-hmm. And then Will says that the reason or do they say it to each other? Here, let me find it. Okay. okay. So there's the moment, um, it's toward the end of the episode, and it's after, like, everyone's left the wedding hall, they're all at the reception, and um, so they're talking a little bit, like, oh my gosh, Jack just married Karen's maid, unbelievable, mm-hmm. la la la. And so Grace kind of sighs, and she goes, why do I care so much about your opinion? And then Will, Will says, maybe mm. it's because you don't trust yourself. The big question is, why do I care so much about how you conduct your love life? Mm-hmm. And she says, maybe because you've got nothing going on in your own. That's right. And it's, they say it to each other, but, like, it doesn't feel like they're saying it to each other. It feels like they're just making the other person admit what they already know. Yes, it's, it almost feels like they're just, like, putting it out to the universe. It's, like, a thing that they both already know, but they yes. don't want to, like, admit to themselves. Yes, it's the thing that they've been dancing around all season. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've and if you look at other episodes of the season, we've definitely touched on that. Like, mm-hmm. there's the one really big episode where Will adopts the puppy, mm-hmm. and then they explicitly say basically the same thing. And there's been so many episodes where Grace hasn't trusted herself, mm-hmm. and Will has helped her do that. Yeah. And I think the reason that, maybe not in this episode, but the show ultimately kind of tentatively agrees with my side of things, that they are good for each other, mm-hmm. is that them choosing to not live together doesn't actually solve either of those problems. Yeah, like, that's the thing. is like, they come to a solution for a different problem. Yes. It's like, that would be, like, the solution if, like, they were dealing with some, like, lingering, like, romantic or sexual mm-hmm. feelings, maybe, or, yeah. like, it... And well, it definitely makes things easier for them. Yes. But, like, it just doesn't solve that problem. Like, yeah. so, okay, it kind of reminded me, and we talked about this a little bit, of, like, you know how in How I Met Your Mother, when, like, Robin, like, when Marshall comes to Robin, he's like, you can't live with Ted anymore. It's really confusing him. Yes. And so they move out. Like, if it had been that kind of situation where they both decided that they couldn't mm-hmm. live together because there was something like that, that was yeah. just, it was causing too many problems and neither of them could move on. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's the thing. It's like, that's not the situation here. No. It's not that neither of them can move on. It's just that they're both dealing with some, like, their own personal identity issues. Yeah. And, like, instead of, like, offering to help each other through it, they're, like, deciding that they have to do it alone. Yeah. And I'm not sure that's going to fix the problem. In fact, I it, know it's not going it to fix could, the problem. But it's probably not going to. But it's just like, knowing these characters the way we know them now, it just yeah. seems unlikely that either of them is going to get through this and make this decision and be able to move on from these past romantic relationships right. without the support of the other person. Yeah. Or at least the type of support that they get from living together and mm-hmm. being best friends. Right, because when Grace doesn't trust herself, she relies on Will. Mm-hmm. And when Will... I mean, we haven't really seen this yet, but I imagine that when Will is looking for someone to be with, he is played by self-doubt and mm-hmm. freaks out. And Grace, like, would be a good partner mm-hmm. in facilitating that. I mean, we've even... It's, it's a little too bad that we've only seen one side of that because right. it's 1999. Yeah, and we can't show get the gaze. Right, but it's... There's definitely the same... You can feel that there's the reciprocity there. Like, mm-hmm. Grace will be instrumental in Will finding someone and right. sticking with it. Yeah, and I mean, we've seen Grace be played by self-doubt before, and if she doesn't have Will to rely on, she immediately finds someone else, because she's just not that confident, and at yeah. least Will can be there to remind her. Like, remember the episode where, I, I feel like we're doing a little bit of a clip show, and I'm sorry, but remember <laughs> the episode with, like, the interior decorating, like, fair, yeah. and then there's the cleaning lady, and, like, because Will can't talk her down from her ledge, she, like, relies on that lady to basically yell at her yeah. until she gets her shit done? Like, essentially... By removing herself from Will, like, it's not learning to do it on her own so much as just, like, eliminating that coping mechanism and, like, jumping in without a life vest. Mm-hmm. And I just, I feel like 
from my memory, it just it doesn't work out the way they think it's gonna work out. I, I feel mean, like I feel sitcom. like they mostly just like miss each other a lot. So it just like the episode made me a little sad. Mm-hmm. Even, I mean, which is I think probably the intent of the creators. Y- yes, it's probably <laughs> whatever. Authorial intent is meaningless. Books belong to their readers. Well, okay. English major five. Yeah, I uh, I think maybe to close it out, there's there's two things to to touch on together. Um, one of which is going back to How I Met Your Mother, but the other one I want to say first. Um, it's going back to when Will and Grace are fighting at the wedding. Yes. And they're causing a scene because it's Will and Grace. Of course they are. And this one guy like leans over and it's just like a bit part, but he asks them basically to stop fighting because they're married. He's like, like, how long have you been married? And they're right. like, we're not married. I'm gay. Right. And he's like, well, if you're not married. And you're gay. What are you fighting about? Right. And they, they actually, it's, it's even more vague. Like, the question is actually, what's this all about? Which is such... Yes! It's such a great statement about the show. Like, if you're not married and you're gay, what's this all about is sort of the question of Will and Grace. Yeah, it's sort of like, that's like, you know how like when you can like reverse write a thesis and you start it as a question? Yeah. It sort of feels like that. Like, like the answer is the show. Yeah. The answer is the show Will and Grace. And we're going to get to see that answer. Yes. But it feels like for right now... The, this whole thing about them choosing the wrong solution. It's them picking the wrong answer. Yes. It's them answering the question by saying, what's this all about? They're saying it's all about nothing. You know, yes. our relationship isn't worth all the trouble we're putting ourselves through. Right. And I feel like that's just, it's wrong. It's, it's And we wrong. know it's wrong. And we, we can feel it's wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think the episode is also framing it like it's not wrong sometimes. And that's where I want to get back to How I Met Your Mother. Yes. Because... If we haven't talked about it enough, Tessie and I have very different feelings about How I Met Your Mother's finale, Don't. which I think we've brought up once or twice in the podcast. Basically, the ending is bullshit. I think the ending is very interesting and displays a facet of human relationships that most sitcoms don't get into, <laughs> except Will and Grace, as I'm about to say. So I think we've mentioned it before that I do know some of the broad strokes of Will and Grace, mm-hmm. and one of the broad strokes is that I know the basic premise of the finale. Yes. Which is, so if you're, if you're watching this cold... Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Right. The basic premise of the finale is that ultimately, Will and Grace stop being friends after one last big fight. Yes. And they separate, and they go their separate ways, but eventually their kids meet, and they fall in love, and they get married, and then Will and Grace become friends again. Which yes. is probably going to make me cry everywhere. Yes. So stay tuned for that in several years. <laughs> I think this episode unintentionally lays the groundwork for that. Hmm. And the reason I'm connecting that to How I Met Your Mother is because the reason that so many people, including Tess, had a lot of problems with How I Met Your Mother is because over the course of the show, these characters go through a big evolution. You know, Ted and Robin, like, really change a little bit, a lot of characters. And arguably, the pilot, or the finale brings them back to where they were at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go straight from season one to the end of season one and then watch the finale episode, and it would make sense to you. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Ted ultimately marries the mother... But at the end of the show, he finishes telling the story to his kids. And his kids are like, hey, you're still in love with Aunt Robin. Mm-hmm. Like, you should go be with her. Mm-hmm. And the, oh. Right. We can have different opinions on that. But mm-hmm. what I'm saying is that because the first season of the show was the closest to what the creators originally designed it to be, and the creators in, made sure that the finale was true to that original form because they kind of had it built in with the mm-hmm. flashback structure, etc. You can see where the show's going to go from the end of season one, which is that... Ultimately, as much as it's about Ted falling in love with the mother, mm-hmm. it's more about Ted falling in love with Robin. Yes. And I think that a little bit of that is foreshadowed here, that mm-hmm. we do have these negative notes about Will and Grace's relationship. You know, we mm-hmm. do see it as a potential roadblock to their future happiness. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't necessarily know what to make of that, mm-hmm. um, but I just kind of wanted to like float it out there for us to quickly talk about before we wrap yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like there's some validity in 
Blah, blah, blah. Sorry. I've been drink- <laughs> I drank one cider and now I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to you live. Super, super drunk. <laughs> no, I feel like there's definitely some validity in, in that in that interpretation that the, the season one finale kind of lays the groundwork for the series finale. Mm-hmm. But, like, the series finale almost takes it a step further where okay. they realize that, like, yeah, we made this decision to separate, but ultimately that wasn't the decision that worked best for us. Yeah. And, like, so I feel like the rest of the show is kind of watching this have them come to the second decision. Okay. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, because, like, the finale is them being like, no, we don't talk. And then they don't talk for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of come back together when their children are introduced. Right. And so I feel like the season one finale is them deciding that they're not going to live together, which is, like, the analogy. The analogy. It's a smaller to- version of the finale version. Yes, exactly. But, like, the finale ultimately ends with them deciding to be together in some way or another. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the rest of the show is almost going to watch them blossom and be together mm-hmm. and then have this second crisis right which causes them to make that decision again later in life well frankly from your description that means that i'm gonna hate the finale but we'll I mean, see you're gonna cry you're just gonna right. cry and it's gonna be beautiful and it's gonna be wonderful and i can't wait okay it's just it's frustrating because you don't want to see these characters make this bad decision now and you especially don't it's especially hard to watch them make it now mm-hmm. knowing that it's just it's a shadow of what's gonna happen yes you know it's well, very it's very shades of Future yet to be Christmas Carol. Yes. I mean, like, I don't want to spoil anything to you. Okay. But the finale decision is a lot more nuanced. And there's a lot of things to do with, like, them together as, like, a unit versus them separately. And, like, choosing other people. Right. And so there's a lot more stuff there. This is almost like a distilled, purer form of that. Because there's no other attachments. Right. And, like, that is all about other attachments. It's, Interesting. It's them not so much choosing to separate for their own sake, but choosing to separate for the sake of others. Oh. Okay. If that's I can... Interesting. If that's me being kind of vague about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. I still don't like it. But we'll see. You don't have to like it. It's going to be okay. <laughs> I just... It's it's a weird note to leave a season on. I will say that. Mm-hmm. It's a bold choice. Because yes. if they got canceled, this would Fuck. be, like, the most depressing season of a show ever. Oh, my God. I would have just cried a lot. If this was the last episode of the show. It's not, thankfully. Um, So maybe we can talk about that. Yeah. Yay! There's a season two. Woo! And three and four, etc. So as we said a couple times, we're going to come back next week with a season one Mm wrap-up. We're kind of brainstorming some things we're going to do. Maybe play some of our favorite bits. Mm -hmm. uh, Audio. Maybe talk about some of our favorite moments. Mm -hmm. Talk about things that... We hope we will see in the future, mm-hmm. at least in Matthew's part. Yeah. Because I've seen most of this already. Yeah. Maybe talk about a little bit of season two, mm-hmm. um, what things, we can expect from it. Things to look forward to, stuff yeah. like that. So um, if there's anything that you want to see, tell us on our various social media platforms. And if you want to find us on those social media platforms, I will tell you how. <laughs> so if you want to tweet at us at, on Twitter, we are at not a couple show. If you want to send us an ask or submit a post or whatever the heck you want to do on <laughs> Tumblr, you can find us at notacouplepodcast.tumblr.com. Or you can send us an email at notacouplepodcast at gmail.com. And, or comment on our Mixcloud page. There's always some fun comments happening on our episodes. We really want to know what you want to hear from us for yeah. our final episode of the first season yeah. of Not a Couple. Not oh a my couple. God. We've been doing this for so long now. And it's we're going to so keep weird. doing it for so long. Woo! So, we're going to have that episode. Tell us what you want to be in it, if you want. Um, if you don't, we'll just do whatever the fuck we feel like. So, so like every other episode, though. Pretty much. After that, we're going to take a two-week break. Yes. And then we'll be back again at that time. 
Sometime in like September-ish. Yeah, so it's one, two, three, four Basically, the the two-week break is uh, to correlate with some stuff happening at Matthew's work Mm -hmm. and me starting school. Yep. So it's basically an adjustment moment. Right. So when you hear this from us again after that two-week break, we'll be very stressed out. If you hear like a tension in our voice or if we do a lot of episodes drunk, that's why. I might look for like a psycho killer like, nah, 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 sound (laughs) cue to play at certain times. Yes. um, So put some suggestions for psycho killer sound cues that we might use during our very stressed out moments of life. Yay! Yay! Alright guys, uh, thanks so much for listening. Like I said, we'll be back next week mm-hmm. and uh, we'll look forward to talking with you then. Yay! Once again, I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this has been Not A Couple. Bye-bye. This episode of Not A Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Yeah. Thanks, Eliza. This episode of Not A Couple was sponsored by Weirdly Prophetic Janitorial Services, Inc. With janitors who can give you weird-sounding prophecies like, Time to clean up this mess. Looks like somebody died all over that floor. And are you ready to move on?